Well, Jerome Powell said he wanted to drive up the unemployment rate to about four and a half percent. And looking at the numbers coming out and a total surprise this morning from the from uh, the federal government, Jerome Powell's plan may have been working all along. Wait a minute. Interesting. We got a big surprise today, but let's start off and let's go back to yesterday in this headline right here. The ADP National Employment Report, which always comes out before the government report. That's right. Private payrolls. They were expecting about 200,000 new new jobs, and we actually dropped to 145,000. So... The num- you know, so we're seeing new job creation go down. Correct. And this narrative of this super strong jobs market um, is bullshit. Wait, wait. we're, we're going to go that far? We're going to call it bullshit? Yeah, I think we're going to call it bullshit this morning. I, I, I'm sure we're going to dive into this, but like. That's it's always interesting in ADP and they do their numbers. And then who's who do they always compare to? Right. Um, And they're almost always like lockstep. But they've not been lockstep lately. No, no, they have not. They have not. And. You know, this the other thing that came out. Another headline that came out is that for the first time in two years, the number of job openings has dropped mm. and it's dropped below 10 million. Yeah. Well, I think so, that could be, we talked about this a lot last, um, last time I was on, which I know I missed last week, but the week before that, we talked about how the service industry was starting to finally get back to pre-pandemic levels. So it wouldn't continue to prop up this, this job creation market. Right. Right. So I think we're clearly seeing that now, like service levels, service industry is not hiring the way it was. All of a sudden job creations doesn't look as strong as it was. Correct. And those are some of the high paying jobs, the financial jobs, the programming jobs. You know, there's, there's a lot of those jobs that are just, they're falling away and the openings are falling away. So we've got roughly 4 million people who quit their jobs without having another job. Mm -hmm. And they're seeing, whoa, maybe there's not as many opportunities out there as we had thought previously. Hmm. So quite possible. Yeah. But this is the big, this is the big one today. This just came out of the blue and it could it be because it's Thursday. The market's closed Nobody. tomorrow. Oh, wait, wait. Market's closed. Long holiday weekend. So, so instead of a Friday news dump, we do a Thursday news dump? We do a Thursday news dump. Hey, take advantage of the three-day weekend. Nobody even remember. There's so much going on this weekend. We won't even know. Exactly. What's that news? Exactly. So this is the United States initial jobs claim. This is going back to the beginning of the year. Yep. Notice the numbers, 200, 194, 199, 220. Look at these numbers, okay? Now this is just a quick look at last week's, Mm -hmm. April 1st. 
previous previous was a hundred and ninety one thousand. Mm -hmm. They revised it this morning to two hundred and forty six thousand. Just fifty K off. Not much. Not much. Just fifty thousand not fifty thousand more unemployed people than originally calculated. It's a rounding error. It's oh yeah, because you know what we did is we rounded wrong for the entire year so far. These <laughs> are the numbers before the revisions came out this morning. Mm -hmm. Everything here is sitting under 200,000. Isn't that interesting? So that way, all before the revised numbers, so they revised numbers for the whole year, right? They, they've revised numbers for the whole year. And usually back they only revise back like one or two weeks, like, but they went back and said, actually, this whole year, we kind of were a little bit off. We screwed up. So look at these. 192, 186, 183. And then let's go back to where the numbers are now. Ooh, 194, 199, 220, 216, 217, 221. They basically revised unemployment numbers up about 300,000 since the beginning of the year. Yep. So that's about, a, I think, calculated out, I think it was about a 0.2% increase in the unemployment rate. All right. Point two is not big. Point two, yeah, it's not big, but it it changes it changes the whole dynamics of the market. The conversation, right? It's a little bit different conversation, right? Mm -hmm. like, it, it's always interesting to be like, and, and I, I, you know, I'm I ask questions and I think, right? A lot of people do, right? Like, and it's like, why are we just now coming out and realizing that the numbers from three months ago were wrong and two Correct. months ago were wrong. Correct. Like why are those all being like revised up? What's, what were we trying to hide or what did a we not run? want? A bank run? Possible. Could you be trying not to scare people for a bank run? But that just happened. It already happened. Like, wait, 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 it already happened. So now we can come back and, Correct everything. Correct everything because now we've gotten past that little bit of we were able to fix this and kind of mull it over. But it is still interesting because banks are seeing significant amount of withdrawals. Like that that news is like it's crazy. Every bank is seeing less deposits, more yep. withdrawals. Like the bank, like there is a lot of lost confidence in the banking sector without having with a lot of these banks not actually having to be they weren't one they were only a handful of negatively impacted but mm -hmm. the whole sector as a whole is feeling that blow right now yeah yeah people have lost confidence mm -hmm. but what happens when they lose confidence where do they go treasuries yep treasuries and has this benefited us yes it has is it going to benefit home buyers? Yes, it is. Because what happens? People get scared and they run to the place where they feel the most safety. Yep. Two areas you see where you see the most safety are 
people feel U.S. Treasury, because fortunately we've never defaulted yep. on our treasuries. And Ooh. when they when more people go in, yields go down. Yep. You don't have to be as attractive. Like right. we don't have to pay these rates. We can drop these rates, which drops mortgage rates. Ultimately. Which drops mortgage rates. Correlations. It doesn't actually. Yep. Wait, there's correlations there. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So it's helping for the home buyer. It's helpful yep. for the home buyer overall. Yep. But it does show that the economy is not as strong as we thought it as we thought it was overall. Yep. Because the other thing, and I was, I got this watching um, a gentleman who does, who, who watches all the charts, chart mm -hmm. analyst. I mean, just I can never do it, and my eyes would bug out. Nope. But this historically, if you went back, recession-wise, and went through ever the Fed versus the two-year Treasury. Okay. And historically, you can tell when the Fed's going to pivot. And what that is, if you go back historically, is when the yield on the two-year Treasury goes below the Fed fund rate, Yep. they plateau and it stays. And look at that. Look at that. And look what we just did. And that was a sharp. That was a yes. big knife, that one. And here we are, six months. We broke it. So I think what we're going to do is I think the Fed holds. I no. think all of a sudden the revised numbers with the unemployment plus this mm -hmm. gives the Fed a reason to hold. Yep. I think so. I think you're right. And looking at the, looking at the vague, I call it the Vegas numbers, the Fed watch. We're actually pushing more to no change for the next meeting. In early yep. May. Yeah, I think I, I think you're right uh, on that. We're we're probably not going to see a major change, um, you know. And it's definitely interesting looking at everything. You know that you know when we look at, I look a lot mostly at the ten year T and then and then the MBSs, and the ten year is sitting well below a lot of threshold numbers, specifically. In the last since this week, we've dropped below the 200 day moving average. So we're below the 200, the 100, the 50, the 25. Like we're below them all. Yeah. yeah. And we're sitting below. Like yeah. we've, 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 we've played with that uh, for a, a couple of times, but now it's like we're starting days below and ending days below. So we've got, we're sitting on a couple uh, levels that if we break below, we can see those notes go even further down. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's what a lot of people may not know is is a, a lot of times you watch those 200 day averages for breakouts. Mm -hmm. You see you'll see that resistance, you know, yep. either above or below. And it's interesting because uh, last Friday, gold broke their 200 day average to the upside mm -hmm. and gold um, broke above the two thousand dollar mark, which a lot of people were looking at. Um you know, as, as an indicator. So that broke up. And at the same time, treasury bills, another another place of safety, broke well below the 200. Yep. And we're holding below that 200 day average. Yep. And usually, like you said, usually when it when it when you break, 
it can be it can be a, a good steep break downwards. Mm-hmm. And I think with the nervousness, the feeling that you know the economy is not as strong as as people are saying it is, that I think we're going to see that continued flight to safety, which is going to continue to help rates overall. Yeah. Which yep. which for the housing market um, can be really good, but the scary part is. You know, we were, I remember we were saying back last August that the one thing that's been holding up this market is um, the low unemployment. Mm-hmm. And if that employment number spikes, I think we're, you can see, well, we'll we're going to see a shift of inventory up, mm-hmm. which should help keep keep prices either at where they're at or push them down a little bit more. Yeah. Because that's you know going into into Orlando, that's that comes out to be the biggest problem we keep having is yep. is the um, is the inventory. I mean, yeah. this, this past week was phenomenal for for the Orlando market. We jumped from four hundred forty four sales the prior week to five hundred nineteen. Yep, that's a big jump. You know, our our median price. Is staying level, you know, staying or excuse me, our average price is staying level, mm-hmm. but our inventory it's it decreases again. Now we're kind of we're kind of hit that flat line, but going into spring we got to push it up. Yeah, I, I had two listings go live, you know, not the previous week, the weekend before that, and got full price offers on both of them within two days. Mm-hmm. You know, so. As a seller, you know, pricing right, we're not we're not having to move a whole heck of a lot if we don't want to. Yeah. You know, if it's if it's priced correctly. And the same thing happened with the con with the condo market, is we took a nice jump. We went from 140 up to 181. Mm-hmm. And our inventory is tightening again. So when we go to our, you know, go to our 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 um, numbers that we look at every week, which is, you know, the original list and final list to the final sales price, we're holding steady. We're, the, you know, we're seeing about that 3% yep. you know, that, we've, that we've seen fairly consistently. Our days on market, interesting enough, hasn't changed too much. So buyers are still still taking a little bit of time. Yeah. I think over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see that probably drop. I would estimate maybe maybe 10 days or more. I think we could. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of potential movement. I think, uh, you know, I've noticed an uptick on my side of, you know, new applicants, new buyers to the marketplace right now. So I think we could see that immediate kind of like shift because inventory is low. Like we're going to see that pressure to move quicker come back into play. I mean, we had... We did the open house on the one townhome here in Altamont Springs, and I think we had 20 or 25 people through on, wow. a, on, a, on a Saturday. That's a that's a great turnout on an open house. Mm-hmm. That tells me if there's buyers out there, there's buyers looking. Yeah. You know, are they going to be able to find something now? Mm-hmm. And one of the nice thing is, is if we can continue to push rates down, People who we've got sitting, you know, we've got a couple of clients who are sitting on that margin where, you know, it's, believe it or not, it's, it's like $20,000 gets them the house they want. 
Mm -hmm. but at the current rate, we can't make it work. Yeah. So we want to continue to see some of these numbers trend in positive direction for us. Yep. Yep. Because I think it, it's, it, it will help kick up the market a little mm -hmm. bit overall. It'll be good for sellers too, because you're going to bring in a pool of buyers that's been sitting on the sideline waiting for that, that number to hit where they can, they can buy the house that they really want. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then here's our, you know, here's our charts. And again, you see average days on market, you know, we've been sitting pretty close to that 60 day mark. And then our inventory numbers really just, you know, just above 3,800 kind of leveling out in the house. Mm -hmm. Small declines. Yeah. A lot of it, I think we're in that, you know, we're in this weird, and I know we've got a little bit of movement in the markets and the economy, but we're, we're, we've got what, I think seven weeks left of school. So mm -hmm. you've got, I think a lot of parents like this, this buy, it's kind of like we're right at that tier, right? Where it's like, let's get through school. Yep. But then conversely, what do you do if you're trying to list a home and you're trying to sell and you got to buy, I think there's a little bit of that play as well with, well, what am I going to buy? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You know, it's interesting enough. I'm still seeing some, seeing builders doing some price reductions on homes. Mm -hmm. On their on their um, on their ones that are, are quote inventory quick moving homes. Those are homes that are either done already or will be done within the next thirty to sixty days. Yep. Are what builders usually call quick move-ins, and you're still seeing Taylor Morrison sent out an email today, and they were dropping about thirty thousand dollars per house. Yeah. Uh, saw one for K. I can never say it. I'm honest. Um, where they had dropped forty thousand dollars on a house, quick move-in house. Wow, which that's that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's but, that's it, does, a big but it does them no good having it sit there empty. Yep, you gotta you gotta move the thing. Yep, expect. And these builders, they have to. They have to yep. move them. You know, condo market. We're actually seeing less of a discount in the condos right now. Mm. That's sitting more at 98%. And they took a good, they came down, well, they're sitting about 48 days. So they're sitting about the same, you know, days yeah. on market. But you can see their average on their weekly sales have jumped up. We're, we're in the springtime market. Mm -hmm. So if you're, I mean, if it, it's difficult, I understand the difficulties for a lot of sellers are kind of, mm, mm, mm. right now you can, you're going to maximize your price. Yeah. You are going to maximize your price. Mm -hmm. We're just going to have to do a little work to find your place to move to. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's okay. You just need an amazing realtor like Brendan and you're yeah. good. Thank you got you. it. Yeah. Um, you know, we just got to work the numbers. You know, we, we've, we've been able to get creative with some clients, make it work out. Mm -hmm. So, but overall, our Florida, our Orlando market is solid. Um, and as long as that, you know, it, while that inventory is low, you know, Florida unemployment is low. Yeah. Um, things, you know, it's, it's going to stay. I think we're going to continue to see a strong, you know, a strong, steady market mm -hmm. overall. We're just got to be able to replace some of the inventory. So, so I, I wanted to share this one little 
thing with us and I'm a little bit late on it because it kind of went more with what we started with. But did you hear about the FHA enhancing their payment deferral program? No. So um, it's voluntary for service providers to implement this, but it's a change. So remember what Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, the, under the FHFA, so the federal housing, like uh -huh. what they did during COVID was the what? The six month deferral. The deferral, yeah. Like payment deferrals, right? Yep. And I always find this interesting, right? Because we're talking about unemployment numbers get revised up. We see these different things, all this data, right? But they kind of snuck this one on. And, and I love this. Um, the director, um, I have this quote ready uh, from Sandra, Sandra Thompson, uh, which is one of the director, is the director. The enterprise completed more than 1 million COVID-19 payment deferrals during the pandemic, helping bars nationwide stay in their homes. She continued by saying, based on the success of the COVID-19 payment deferral program, we are making this solution a key part of our standard loss mitigation toolkit that is available to all bars with eligible hardships. Huh? So when did they sneak that one out? Huh? When did they sneak that one out? Oh, this was last week. Um, and it, I, 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 I like, but you like how it kind of just sneaks in there. It's like, hey, this was so successful. We're just going to keep it here. And why do you think they want to keep a program around? Because unemployment's going to go up. Because they see the numbers trending. And oh they have, gosh. as the government, like as an entity, they're going to have more access to numbers than we are, right? Like a lot of times. So they're kind of like, I think personally, they see a little bit, they're getting, they're getting in front of it. But this wasn't a big news cycle. Like nobody really heard about this change. And it's a voluntary change to go into effect July 1st for servicers before they make it mandatory, right? But it's it's been approved and it's now going to be a part of the standard process for Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac back loans, which means that they, they think, like, why would they make something standard if they didn't expect to need it, right? Correct. They wouldn't. Correct. Like, Wait, but you want to make sure that the housing market isn't impacted too greatly. So you do what you you make quietly. You, you quietly. Kind of do this. So I think it's kind of an interesting piece. We're going to see some. I think we are going to see some shakeups coming. But you see the government kind of operating in step, you know, in unison in different areas to make sure that they're they're controlling the impact as best as they can. We're going to see a fallout, but what does that fallout look like? I don't know. How people aren't going to have equity in their homes, they will, right? But they're still going to offer this program because they know it's going to be worse because what happens if somebody has the equity, right? But they can't afford to make the payment and they can't find a home, right? You, you can't afford, you can't go buy a home. You don't want to rent. You're not going to sell, right? You're going to ride out no payments because you still got equity and in two years yep. you're going to sell and still turn a profit because of the equity you've gained in your property well that's not going to be good for the servicers right no. so i i think this is a solution because they see that there could potentially be a longer term path um that that you're going to see some borrowers start to take advantage of if they fall on hard times so what are they, are they going to turn everyone into 40 year mortgages like they did? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, that's, oh, that's we got to look more into that one. 
The 40-year mortgage program for FHA is there for approved default mitigation, loss mitigation. Loss mitigation, yeah. Hasn't been approved on the standard front side. Like I can't tell someone tomorrow to be like, hey, let's do a 40-year and let's close on a buy right now. But it's there for loss mitigation and it's been fully approved on the government, on the government insured loans. Uh, which the FHFA, Fannie, Freddie, not quite government insured, but government insured. Um, but uh, yeah, just an interesting little tidbit. I thought like just to make you think a little more, Brendan, before we wrap up today. Wow. Okay. That one caught me totally off guard. We'll talk more about that one off camera because <laughs> that one's that one's interesting. So our so we revise our unemployment numbers up. We slip in a, a deferment program without anyone knowing, right? And, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, then, I think we're going to leave everybody with that little cliffhanger, and we'll have, yeah. to, we'll have to tune in next week as we dive into this a little bit more. Yes, definitely. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Take care. Have a wonderful day. Rock it out. Bye. Like, share, subscribe, all that.